Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. and 77th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of of this lovely show. I am back from my uh, extended absence. I was on a trip. I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, But I'm joined with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? I am wonderful. I have been fighting the good fight this week for my boys FTR ever since uh, Dax has his new podcast out, FTR with Dax, and people have been dropping little, um, people have been dropping like teasers and quotes because you could listen to it last week on uh, ad-free shows, but I've made a commitment to not spend as much money on wrestling. Uh, in 2023 as i am in 2022 so i have resisted the temptation to add ad free shows for 9.99 so i can listen to it it should i guess come out <laughs> today or tomorrow but I'm, I'm really trying to stick to my ideas of spending less money that being said uh dax is the one human in the world that people tend to get mad at for wanting to work more yep <laughs> The dude, it's not like they want to win all the time. I mean, he was literally one in six in singles matches this year on AEW TV. Literally lost almost every time he wrestled, except when mm-hmm. he wrestled his partner. When you ask them their favorite matches, they're all matches they lose in. So right. it's not like they mind putting people over. It's not like they're selfish. They're just like, hey, we like to wrestle. You pay us to wrestle. Put us on TV so we can wrestle. They're not asking to be world champions every uh, for a year in advance. You know, they're not asking for anything except to do their job. 
Right. People call it whiny and people call it this and people call it that. And I've said this before. Uh, as much as I love Dax, Dax is the guy at work that you hate. Right? He's the right. guy, like, I'm at my job, and I definitely am not passionate about my job as Dax is. And there's this guy that would come into my job when we worked in call centers and like, dude, when we're, we're a little slow, you should, uh, you should, uh, dude, uh, you should go read up on stuff. You should be, like, researching how to do your job better. I look <laughs> at that dude, and I'm like, fuck you, dude. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. Cause, right. You know, and they pay me for it because that's beautiful. You know, getting paid to do not not do anything. So, yeah, Dax is the guy that's like always trying to rah rah sis kumbaya at work and you know get you fired up to go work. Right, right. Like we're lucky to be doing this, that kind of thing. And yeah, and honestly, in regular real life, I hate that dude. I do. I really do. Don't. Uh -huh. I don't want to. I'm just here to get a check. I am not passionate about what we do. <laughs> I'm just. I, I work for the 15th and the 31st, so I understand how he can rub people the wrong way. I have no problem saying that. But right. if you listen past your annoyance and actually to what he's saying, he's just asking to work. He's yeah. asking if you're going to fly, if I'm going to leave my family every week, fly to this different city, you know, sit there all day, you know, go through the airports, do the travel, unpack my luggage, get here. Use me. Right. What's I mean, what's wrong with that? I don't think that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's all he's saying. He's not saying put me over. Hey, put me over Kenny Omega. No. Dude loses all the time. So what are we doing here? <laughs> what? Are, why are we mad at him? <laughs> I don't understand it because somebody called him whiny. My uh, friend Sam called him whiny. I'm like, well, I mean, whiny is the guy that's like, whiny in essence, I'm just like not coming at her, but there is a wrestler that pretty much didn't get her way and kind of walked out. That's whiny. You know <laughs> what I mean? Right. This person's like, I, I just want to work more. I want to work for you. I love working for you. I love company. I love you. I think you do a great job booking. Book me more. Yeah. As far as this show, well, let's go to this show. We were sitting here complaining for months about how useless Rampage was. Seems like you could use a world-class tag team to help bring in ratings. On I Rampage. think they've. I think they've done that. I think they've done that. <laughs> it's like you could use a world-class tag team to bring in ratings. You know, you can book. You know, other teams. You can put dream matches. You can do anything to bring Rampage up, and they haven't because it's just like I don't really understand. But again, this is me again. The Dax. As you can tell, Floyd is very excited for the FTR podcast coming very soon. I am the Dax Defense Squad. I am the <laughs> FTR Defense Squad. I am, I am, I am sitting there with my captain. See, instead of Captain America Shield, it's red, white, and blue, but it has FTR right in the middle of it, yes. and it says no fist at the top. You know, the, no so, flips. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. so, you know, it says that on my shield, and I'm carrying it. So if you ever come at FTR expect really really like a passionate argument because it's not that they're my favorites they are I have you know I am not I am not unbiased in this situation yes. I am not they are my favorite I have no problem saying that but I'm also it's like 
if your people were doing the same thing they were doing, you would right. be defending it. If John Moxley was coming out and John Moxley wasn't being used as much as he was, right? And he's like, use me more, let me wrestle more, you'd be like, John Moxley, man, that's how you lead AEW. You right. get out there, that's how you lead us. You go out there and he wants to work. You put him on Rampage and everybody's all excited. Like Dex has been asking to work for six months. Yes. <laughs> I was like, this dude's the leader we need, Mox. I'm like, come on. There's a lot of people out there trying to lead. You know what I mean? Trying to work. Right. Who want to wrestle. It's just like, no, it's just so funny how it is. And it's based on whether you like the person or not. I want FTR used more because they're my favorite tag team. If they are not your favorite tag team and you think they're used to fine, I understand that because they're not your favorite tag team. <laughs> of course you don't care how much they're used. Yeah. Of course it's going to seem whiny because you don't care. <laughs> All right. No, 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 no Young Bucks fans are clamoring for more matches. They don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're already there. They're getting seven matches against the same team. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I can tell that a lot of that's on your mind, and we're going to get to a lot more. Well, I mean, because honestly, it was like, okay, this is all JR's fault, and I have to explain why this is JR's fault. So, okay, this is, I got to explain why this is JR's fault. I, and, and, and you're going to feel me once I tell you this, right? And I say <laughs> okay. that, and you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm not. So JR's family's in town for the holidays, right? Oh God. So I so JR's been like hanging with them and distracted by them. And that's usually who I spend all my time on the phone with. And I'll ignore most chats and things on Twitter and all that stuff. And I won't get caught up in anything because I'm usually talking to JR and we're arguing about something else. Oh no. Yeah, which is fine. So JR hasn't been available. So I have been Doing the deadly thing of scrolling through the internet and actually engaging in conversations. You poor bastard. Yeah. So, this is on me. I take all fault for this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it's also on JR. Just understand. My friend's not there for me. So, I don't have my filter to say, Floyd, hey, why are you even in these arguments? What? what right. There is no winner. There is no winner on these arguments. At the mm -hmm. end of the argument, I'm gonna feel the same way I do, and they're gonna feel the same way. You gotta be like me with you gotta be like me with my CM Punk fandom. You gotta hide in the bunker and don't talk to anybody. Oh God, I mean, and that's what it's really been about. Seeing that CM Punk has been the highlight of the week, and it's just he's back up again, dude. As we speak, and I'm, I'm not gonna get into it because, of course, everyone's hyped for the for the Dax podcast. But yes, it's, he's gonna come right back up, and then whole shit's going to start over again, but regardless. Uh, we are about to move on. Last yeah. thing, I'm just going to talk about something we're doing in the show. I came up with this idea last week, and I, we were supposed to do it with Dave, but Dave you know, flaked on me because he's Dave. No, but we're going to do five wishes that we have for AEW for 2023. Yes. So we're speaking directly to, to TK. We're speaking directly to the boss. We're asking Uncle Tony to do these five things for us. So that's how we're going to end the show. Austin's going to give his, me, Aug yeah. and Austin are both going to give our five. I think it's a fun exercise. So I think. Because the company's not perfect. No wrestling company is perfect. And I think it's fair to ask things that you would like to see in the upcoming year, especially since Dynamite is looking to do like a, like 
not a hard reset, but like an update with the recent uh, vignettes that have been coming out. So I think it's fair to say like, oh, what would we like to see? What do we want uh, that we haven't been getting recently? So. And that being said, I we go to Mr. Austin. You abandoned me uh, to go on vacation with your family and have yes. what could I only could say is the only word I could use is an epic good time. I'm like, uh-huh. like every picture seemed to have a very attractive woman in it. <laughs> like every one of your pictures. So I need to know more about what happened. So <laughs> let the world know. Okay. Well, well I'll, I'll let people know. Yes, I was on a cruise recently with my family. They, we kind of celebrated Christmas this sort of way. We were like, forget the gifts. Like some of our favorite things to do is go on trips. I'm very fortunate to be in a family that – um, first off, I'm, I'm still with my parents, uh, and they, uh, they still like their children. They still love their children. They still like having their kids around. So they are cool with us going on vacations with them, even though this is around their anniversary time. They could literally leave us at home. So like during this, this was kind of their like anniversary trip sort of, but also we were there as well. So, um, we went on a Royal Caribbean cruise, the harmony of the seas for those of you who are interested um, I have been, uh, I don't know, I might have mentioned this to Floyd before and on the show or somewhere in there. I have been somebody who has vouched for if you if you don't get seasick and you're willing to go onto a giant-ass boat and go into the middle of the ocean and that doesn't freak you out, I plead with you, give a cruise a try. If, you have, if you're financially stable enough because I know they're stupid expensive um, and if you have the ability to go on one just randomly, do it. They are so much fun. Because the best thing about them is like – because of course the boats have a bunch of stuff on them and everything like that and all the places you get to go and the islands and everything. Even if you take like a a cruise to Alaska, I don't know why you would do such a thing, but you can do those things. Um, But the things that make them amazing is the fact that like you're on this boat and like when you go on vacations, you're around strangers. When you're on a cruise, you're on a boat with strangers for like however long the trip is, four days, five days, seven days. Ours was an eight-day cruise. You know nobody and you become such good friends with these strangers and there's also a veil that comes over you where it's like any any voice in your head that's like, oh, what if I look stupid? What if I say something dumb? What if I piss this person off? What if I blah, 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 blah. You will never see these people most likely again like unless you try to keep in touch with them, which is what I try to do with the people that I meet on cruises. You will never see these people again. So – let loose. Be the best version of yourself, which is just your honest-to-God self. So on this cruise, I met a lot of really cool people, um, did a lot of dancing, did a lot of singing. They did like a royal voice thing, like their own vo- version of the voice that I got to take part in. It was a lot of fun. There, we had some really fucking good singers. There's this guy who was on the boat who was an ex-Broadway actor, really fucking good singer. This girl killed Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You, like – destroyed it did amazing um and yeah i met a lot of really nice people really lovely people i love everybody that i met on the cruise i made sure to get everybody's instas and everyone was super sweet and nice and i don't go like i'll go to dances and like the clubs parts at night the rest of my family are asleep by that point so i'm going by myself so i know nobody and everyone was super welcoming everyone was super nice and cool and i got to like i said meet a ton of people um I will mention this to you, Floyd, as well. Um, I can tell you because, like I said, I have a good track record, I guess you could say, on cruises. I actually had my first kiss on a cruise, full like Disney Channel original movie, like Sweet Life on Deck. I had my first kiss on a cruise, 
and I've met some really nice girls on cruises before. This one, while I did meet some very nice crew uh, people on this cruise, um, so <laughs> I uh, I made out with what I can only describe as a cougar. Uh, is a thing that happened. So what? It's, it's the only go. thing. It's the only thing I can describe it as. So I'm about to turn 26 in the month of January. This woman was 37. What? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. She like I saw her like with her little sister earlier in the night at a at a one of the karaoke things, and they said hey, and I said hey. I went later to the club, and I saw the the older sister like shot like you know like the funnel like things that you drink out of like with the yeah. long hose shit she was chugging that and i was like all right get lit and i i'm dancing doing my thing and whatnot and then i feel a pinch on my back and i turn around and it's this girl and i'm like okay let's dance and i and like as we're going on i can tell she is feeling me like holy shit and she's up up on me and by this point like i said this is like day four or five of the cruise so everyone knows me at this point when like she gets so close to me and then eventually she comes in and makes out with me, like I can literally hear in the background, let's fucking go. Like everyone's going to hype as shit. Like the 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 scrawny white boy's gonna get laid. <laughs> so so funny. And then the best part about it too is that eventually after that was done and I went back to like just dancing a little bit and she kind of went back with her her people and then they left and I didn't notice. My good friend Andre that I met on the cruise. Uh, he comes over to me and just out of nowhere fucking picks me up on his shoulder. Like Fireman Carey picks me up on his shoulder, runs me out of the club, plops me down in the hallway, and then runs back in. Which, first of all, if you're going to pick me up, you got to at least make it seem a little bit difficult. Like, I get it. I'm, a, I'm 120 pounds soaking wet. But at least be like a little trying to get me up. Like, you can't just be like, whoop, and then I'm like out the club. I'm like, that's don't do that. Like, that makes I can't deal with that. But he plops me in the hallway, runs back in the club, and then it's the girl there. And I was like, oh, hey, I didn't realize you left. And she comes over. We make out a little bit more. And then she goes back with her with her people. And then like – because I think she had, she shared a room with her little sister. So nothing was happening. And I wasn't planning on anything to happen because, again, significantly older than me. And I was like, eh, I probably shouldn't do this. I come back into the club though and I got people looking at me like, yo, what the fuck are you still doing here? And I'm just like, yo, it's it's chill. It's chill. But it was a lot of fun. She's really sweet. I also got her on Instagram. Um, she's a, she's a really cool person too, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a boat Austin is a cougar hunter, baby. <laughs> no, okay, I promise okay, you, I, I'm not a hunter. I was the hunted. He, he was in the wild. He, he was I was like, the hunted. Yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, my voice is still shot from the cruise, as you can tell. I'm I'm holding it yeah. together as best I can. Yeah, I saw you singing and dancing on the stage. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bo, Bo, Bo Austin is out there pulling. I ain't got no problem with that, brother. Yeah. Con- <laughs> uh, congratulations, Dad. That's awesome. I appreciate it. I mean, like I said, it's fun. I it, have it, not had that voting experience, and I won't because, you know, I go on the boat with my wife, so... Boy, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, I, I am, and like I said, I you've been on the Jericho cruise. Yes. I have not been able to be fortunate enough to go on the Jericho cruise, even though that looks like a fucking blast. Yeah, I am not going this year in 2023, but I do expect to be back on in 2024. I just, yeah. it's 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 one of the best things, one of the best, uh, you know, like adventures, you know, like ever. They are no again, and and again, you meet such good people, and you're around them all the time. 
Because, like, if you're doing the same things as a lot of other people do, like, the same group of people would come to karaoke and come to the club every single night. So I saw everybody all the time that, like, I linked up with and everything like that. And you just – you form genuine friendships and shit like that and you have like really cool conversations with people and you stay up until like 2 in the morning and then like the pizza place is still open so you fucking go get pizza too and it's just like let's fucking go. It's like 2 and a half – it's 2 in the morning but we just finished dancing our hearts out and now we're eating pizza. Off of undefeated on the boat. What? <laughs> what? I do all right, man. I do all right. What? The mask comes off when Austin gets on the boat. He's like, What? It's, hey, like, man, it's, it's like Clark Kent and Superman, you know, and it's like Clark Kent is the disguise, you know, he's really Superman, and that's you. It's like when you're on the boat, <laughs> you, you open up the suit jacket, you know, and it's like, oh, there's there's Super Austin there. Ah, man, it's just, again, if everyone everyone's out to have a good time, it's a great area to meet people and yes. stuff like that. And like, I don't go to bars, I don't go to clubs a lot, I don't do a lot of that shit. So like, cruises are an outlet for me to be able to kind of get into that like world. And I'm very comfortable in it. I'm not comfortable at bars because I don't drink. And I'm not comfortable at a lot of clubs because, like, I don't, like I said, I don't drink. So it's like, it's not a great, it's not, I'm, I don't, I just don't do it a lot. So, yeah. but cruises are fucking awesome. Hey, you know what? I am happy that you had a good time, man. I was like, yeah, like I said, every picture just seemed to have a le- different woman of a different level. Of- <laughs> attractiveness and i was like i don't know what boat you went on but you know royal caribbean man they do they got good shit on there but like also the people that i made friends with like the female friends i had like one was married one had a guy at home another person hooked up with a guy on the ship um and a lot of them were i'm pretty sure all the girls i met that i became friends with were older than me i think Uh, maybe one might have been around my same age but they were all like maybe from the range of like 26 27 to 33 i believe and i was like okay there you go. That's yeah. Uh, but everyone, everyone again. That's unbelievably nice, unbelievably sweet, and like I said, like I don't go on those things expecting to like you know get it. I'm, I go on those things to meet people always, and it always is when you go with that mindset and you're not trying for shit. It, everything's so much more natural. Everything's so much more like you're meeting people. You're not trying to get some. Yeah. So next time you got to take your sister out for more of that stuff. She met a guy. She met a guy. She uh, met a did, guy. It, yeah, it didn't go. It didn't work out at the end, but she did. Like, it at least gave her the confidence to know that you know, like, people find her attractive, and she should love herself better. Yes. So, yes. Shout out to my little sister, Cindy. She's amazing, yeah. and that is any guy a- would any guy would be lucky to have her. But if you fuck with her, I will fuck you up. That has been a theme. That has been a theme of my week is telling uh, a friends to you know you know give yourself the benefit of the doubt, love yourself. Love yourself as much as you love other people. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's okay to feel yourself just a little bit, you know? It's just right. a little bit. Yeah. Like, you, got, you, you always, there was the best part, too, was there was a guy on the cruise who was also, like, really nice and really awesome. But he was basically the guy that, like, would always just, like, you know, make sure my ego didn't go fucking crazy. He would always knock me down a peg. And, like, someone else sang, uh, like, I think one night I sang Sunday Morning or something by Maroon 5. And then another day, another guy sang it, and he didn't do it uh very well and then the guy comes over to me is like see like this is what people came to see they didn't come to see your bum ass they came to see this guy who's obviously killing this song so much better than you he's fucking hysterical and it was like so nice to have a guy that like literally is just there to be like i'm knocking you down a peg so you don't get such a big fucking head well if you ever need someone to give you shit <laughs> i am an expert shit giver i generally find out 
sometimes I give two people too much shit and they can't take it. And they're like, hey man, calm you know, down. Man, calm I down. thought we were cool. Yeah, I thought we were friends, but no. Um, no, uh, yeah, I'm glad, and man, I'm glad you had a great time. Glad you had a break. Kind of took a break. We did a show with Dave. It, it actually was a really good show. I yeah, it I heard with, it was good. It was a good show with Dave, and then you know, uh, tried to run one one more back last week when you weren't feeling well. And yeah, and Dave apologies. Was, for that. Dave, Dave had just gotten off like for his long Christmas vacation. Yeah, exactly. It was around and, the holidays, and, and, and again, I like, hope. I hope everyone also had a great Christmas too. Like I said, like I apologize for me being sick and I couldn't be there the previous week. But yeah, I hope everyone's holiday was amazing. Dope ass Christmas. I got some good shit. Uh, I'm running out of places for my shit. Yeah. That is a problem. I am trying to readjust. Cause I got a brand new vinyl, dude. I, I'm like my vinyl case, like my little crate that I have filled with vinyl. It's literally like almost overfilled. I got to get a new one or like just actually get a shelf that I can get filled with my vinyl shit. I got one, two, three, four, five rock theme pops. I got Luke Hobbs, the Fast and Furious Luke Hobbs. Okay. okay. I got a Maui from Moana. I got the 20th anniversary Smackdown version of rock. All right. I got another Black Adam, uh, a rock, and I think that's it. So it's four. It was four. Yeah, because I had the regular Hobbs for a while, but he got me the one that says Luke Hobbs. So, yeah, I have this thing with uh, pops. I'm trying to get any pop based on a character the rock played. Gotcha. So, like, next is, because uh, I, I, I like, uh, the next is, like, uh, Crypto from, uh, yeah, the crypto. You know, he played uh, the super dog from the League of Wonder Pips or Super right. Pets. So, you know, every time anybody that the Rockets played, trying to have the pop of it, it's just you know, just I felt like that's a fun thing to try to do. Uh, so I have like twenty different pop figures of the Rock. Damn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, the Rock's my guy. If y'all did not know that, uh, but yeah, uh, I do not defend him as much as. I do, uh, Mr. Dax from FTR, because The Rock's a billionaire. That's not a person that ever needs me <laughs> to defend him. <laughs> He's a billionaire, has his own production company, tequila, energy drink, shoe label. I'm like, uh, yeah, I think I, th- I don't. I don't think it, there's many arguments against The Rock. Uh, I did see something wild today about The Rock. Uh, uh, Ryan Johnson, he, the director. Of uh, the Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Yeah, uh, he directed David Batista, and he says he is the best wrestler turned actor ever. So, shout out Batista! In a shocking, and uh, just a, what do you think of that? Do you think he's the best? I mean, like, I think he's like like some of the he gets some of the most perfect casting. I will say, I think, I think when he gets into a role that like really plays to his strengths, I think he really excels. I think obviously the rock is the bigger, like, you know, icon, like actor, but I feel like he's so big. He's reached like a level of like, you know, you can't see him as anybody, but the rock. And he kind of plays the rock in everything. And he kind of, that's the thing. That's his character. Yeah. He plays, he plays the rock. So I would say Batista's probably my favorite, but I think the best and has the most range in his character is John Cena. I 
the reason I mean, I, I've like I like I have Cena. Cena is getting to that point though of the Rock, where it's like you know you just see him as John Cena. I feel like. no, or maybe no. that's just me. Yeah, because he has like I've uh, I'm a big superhero movie fan, and I feel like there's this god tier of perfectly cast roles. I uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. That's like number one on my list. Number two is Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. I don't think either, like, you can try your hardest to put anybody else in those roles. All you're going to think about is that Ryan Reynolds and Robert Downey Jr. did it better, right? I just think right. John Cena is Peacemaker. That, yeah, I would say that's one of those roles, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a God-level role. And I don't think the character of Peacemaker is anything like the character of John Cena. No, yeah. He is truly acting in every scene in that. And it's like, as a person that does not like John Cena, <laughs> like as a wrestler, I love him as an actor. So I just, like like I said, I don't know. I mean, Groot was amazing, but I just think John Cena has so killed it at peace, as Peacemaker, it has like, oh my God, he might be the best. I think we're going to really see, like, I, like as time goes on and also i'm excited for the new uh guardians to see how that goes as well yeah um but, yeah but dave is amazing dave is he amazing. is yes absolutely yeah, I, but, I couldn't stand him as a wrestler could not stand him i thought he was the like most boring generic bit guy ever and, it's funny like, too because he became very meme heavy as the as his career went on yeah i walk alone yeah no uh no but I, one of the I, best I, themes though for yeah, sure but dude his his filmography everything he's been in has just been like amazing so i am much bigger and i even told him i was like dude i watch if it says batista's in the movie i watch it that's there you it because i know i know he has this he's his picker is very good he picks good very good movies to be in so all right so that's enough yeah. of all yeah i know we've we've gotten a little bit off talking me and floyd hadn't talked to each other in a while so you know it's it's we're catching up and all that kind of stuff but we got a lot to talk about AEW, of course had uh winter is coming and then also their christmas special of uh holiday bash dynamite we're gonna get into as much as we possibly can because i know i missed out on a lot but uh we want to make sure you guys download this show on google apple Podcasts. if you listen to us on spotify give us a share with your friends family coworkers, or whoever you wish or no matter what podcasting platform you listen to us on you can also leave a rating and a review, but the easiest way for you guys to support us is following us on our social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows that they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Uh, one of the big news is that we want to touch on a little bit is the fact that AEW actually hired uh, a former – uh, big head actually from WWE from the other company, uh, Mike Mansory. Uh, he was the former WWE vice president of global television production, and he's recently been brought on in AEW as their senior vice president and co-executive producer. And I know that um, they, like I said, those vignettes came out. They seemed a lot more high production in terms of the vignettes. Maybe it's just because they had lasers. I feel like when you add lasers to any kind of vignettes or anything like that it already it already makes it seem way more like you spent more money and it's more high pro- production stuff like that um and you're building towards a kind of revamped dynamite in the new year which we're all very excited about um i guess i'll go to floyd because i want to ask him too i mean like are you expecting a change in the presentation of dynamite and if you are 
what changes are you kind of like in your head thinking like this is my this might be what we see? I think it's going to be a completely new set. I think you're going to see more color. That's going to be uh, a big focus is the, uh, having more color on the uh, the set and uh, things like that. Um, just just it's going to be brighter. It's going to look WWE level, you know. And it's like you know. People might say, you know, why would you want to look WWE level? It's just, you know, it just kind of makes sense to want to be that. You know, it's like they're the big leagues. And it's like their set is three years old. You know what I mean? It's like right. it's not like new. So it's not like um, they've been sitting there just kind of, you know, waiting. No. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's been um, it's it's been it's been time for a while. Let's just no, yeah. It's and again, I think I think um, like there are like, you don't want the show to feel stale or anything like that. And I think changing things up, especially just like you know, just like some presentation things, I think would definitely uh, give a nice little uh, uh, look of some new things that we got uh, that we're gonna get in the new year. So I'm excited to see at least what comes of it. Maybe this maybe this hire means nothing, but I have a feeling it means something. But um anyways we got a lot to talk about um i will mention uh one thing i wanted to say about uh winter is coming me personally i just wanted to add something which was the fact that i um the one thing i wanted to mention was of course i didn't get to touch on the one two three kid moment of dynamite which was uh, action and dreddy beating chris jericho clean as a fucking whistle um what a fucking moment that was can i just say um, I was very sad I didn't get to see that live. I had to watch the live stream after like the Twitter video started coming out. I was just like, oh my god, like this is so like this doesn't feel manufactured. It feels so legit. People just bought into it immediately. And I loved how like it just worked so well. And I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um but I just had to touch on that because I know Floyd and the guys talked about it already. Um, I just had to mention it because I fucking love that moment too. I Dude, love that. Moment. I was there, and you know, and it was just amazing. <laughs> it was just an amazing moment for uh, being at Winners Coming, and just like you know, you, you say what you want about Chris Jericho, the man doesn't miss when he decides right. someone is that person. You know, he's gonna get by. He's gonna get behind him one hundred percent. You know, and. That's what he did with uh, Action Andretti. He's like, "Hey, I'm I'm jobbing for you," you know that kind of thing. And it's just like, who, yeah, who does that? You know, I know it's like Jericho, like just being like, "Hey, look, this is what you're gonna do," and I'd like literally be like, "What?" Yeah, like, I, like I can't imagine what was going through his head at the time at that moment. But like, huge moment for Action Andretti, who's now all elite. Uh, that's fucking awesome. I'm like so excited to see what they try to get out of him like going forward i will say i'm I'm really excited to see how that goes but that's really all i wanted to touch on i know winter is coming also had the really good uh title match between ricky and mjf um they talked about it at length i pretty much agreed with most of what you guys said about it um but we got to get to holiday bash mainly because um we gotta get into this before we talk before we preview the final dynamite of uh 2022 with new year's smash uh we opened up Actually, speak of the devil, with Ricky Starks coming down to the ring uh, for uh, Holiday Bash Dynamite. And he was talking crap about MJF, basically, being like, look, I lost. It's on me. 
I lost like a man, but Max won like a coward. And he just said, imagine what's going to happen next time if I was this close to just beating you. Because next time, it doesn't matter uh, if this is this, – this, this isn't the end of the road. This is just a start. If I got to work my way back up the line to get a title shot, uh, just line them up and I'll knock them down. And that is when the JAS comes out with Chris Jericho, Danny Garcia, and Sammy Guevara basically being like, hey, Jericho is like, watched you a long time. And uh, you're a million-dollar talent, but you'll be world champion someday, but you're not ready yet. But I don't want you to be a flash in the pan. I want you to be a big star, and we think you have everything it takes to be a big star in AEW. You just need a little influence, a little advice, a little Chris Jericho, and they want him to join the JAS. And Ricky, once again, with an amazing, amazing work on the mic, continuing to give a mic to Ricky Starks is always an amazing thing. Um, And he goes like, wow, you know what? I like how you stay relevant, man. You're lean, mean, you're shredded, even though like you literally looked like you were like, like your body fat was falling off and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, you want me to, it's, you want me to join your little boy band, but I'm just going to say, hell nah, I don't want to join you. Uh, You lost just last week to action. And your stock is dropped, so the J and JAS should stand for jobbers. And he just then calls out uh, uh, – he then goes out and says, listen, Jericho, uh, January 4th, new city, new AEW, you versus absolute Ricky Starks. And he, Jericho was like, well, I was wrong, so get him. And that's when Jake Hager came from behind. They jumped him, and Action Andretti comes for the save, and they cleaned house, and they cleared out the JAS. Um and I thought this was really cool. I thought this was a good match to announce for the first Dynamite of the new year. Um, and I love that Action Andretti got another inkling of getting one over Chris Jericho. I love him being the thorn of Jericho's side. And Ricky on the microphone has been stellar these last few like few weeks. And anytime you put him on mic, I'm always going to be happy about that. He um he was uh great. Ricky uh is great. He's huge. He's huge in Texas, you know, which is uh, awesome. And, like that's basically his home, you know. And yeah, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of crappy. I couldn't be in San Antonio. That sucked. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I was really happy. Uh, I was really happy that uh, he uh, went and uh, went and got, got that, and they're going to keep him relevant, which is really important, especially after that loss. Yeah, for sure. No, and we move on after that really good opening segment because I loved how we opened this show up. And then we get right into match five of seven of Death Triangle versus the Elite. But this one, no disqualification. And currently the lead is three to one. And it's winner go home for the Elite. They have to try to force a game six. They have to try to make sure they stay alive. Um, and they got a bunch of stuff in here. A tree got used. Trash cans got used a bunch, and there was just so many things. And we also got to see the return of the barbed wire broom for Kenny Omega. The barbed wire kind of started to fall off a little bit as he pulled it out from underneath the ring. So when he smacked uh, Fenix with it, it's literally getting stuck to him. And there was a point where it got – when he uh, proceeded to uh, – I don't remember what move he hit on uh, the the – the broom and say he just basically threw it face first i think at one point and he gets it like stuck into his back at one point i think he hits like a ddt or something like that um but he or a suplex but like he, like the barbed wire gets stuck in kenny's back and he literally has to crawl over the referee to get it out of him and i was just like jesus christ no yeah but 
We had two tables set out on the outside. Penta and Fenix both got thrown through thrown through it by Matt with an elbow drop and a, and like a swanton basically onto a pack. And they did a bunch of stuff. I will say it's interesting to see uh, Alex Abrahentes get involved because I know we're using Death Triangle more as heels now. And seeing Alex getting involved in cheating and shit like that threw me off for a second. I was like, Alex, what the fuck? Oh, wait, yeah, they're heels again. Um, but uh, there was also a point where all three of them kind of had hammers and they were trying to get all of them. And the uh, Brutalizer was locked in with like this tinsel almost, which was interesting. I didn't know really what to think about uh, that. Um, but eventually, as things go on, uh, Nick Jackson uh, gets the Meltzer driver and uh, a steel chair is used on it as well. And eventually, that gets them the win. The elite stay alive. We are moving to a match number seven, and eventually, a, I'm sure a match number uh, a match number six, and then we'll move to a match number seven probably after the next one. But this was good. Death yes. Triangle then uh, jumped the elite, but then uh, uh, and Nick was busted open as well. So basically, you got the Death Triangle getting a little bit of heat back, so that way it doesn't like you get a little bit more doubt going into the match six, even though most people are knowing this is going the distance. I am never going to be the one that complains about amazing matches. And I have once said in my life that I could watch the Death Triangle or Lucha Bros and uh, Young Bucks wrestle every day. I have found out in this normal, in this streak of amazing matches, that is a lie. I am tired of these matches. I am <laughs> it is like having filet mignon every day. Eventually, it's just going to be another steak. You know what I mean? You're going to be like, right. I want to taste something different. Can you give well, me Well, that's some- the thing, though. It's, like, it's, it's, in- it's interesting that AEW has gone down this path because, I mean, like they've been the company that has really been emphasizing this, like variety is the spice of life mm-hmm. about how like you always see something different. You will always make sure that like no two matches look the same. And you're really trying to like mix things up and get different people and different talent in there, and to have this best of seven series, even though it's like it's it's really good, you know, it's like yeah, it's the same match like every two weeks or whatever. And I'll say this: it is different because AEW never does it, so I am willing to accept it now. <laughs> I am because you know they never do it. This is a change of pace and blah blah blah, but. These are two of the best tag teams in the world. Two of the best trios in the world. I am. I'm good. I'm like. I'm like. Can January. Can January 11th get here? I am ready for this to be over and for them to move on. And it's, right. It's just like I don't know. It's like you know. I remember Booker T and Chris Benoit around, uh, which is was my favorite best of seven series. Probably now this one is. But around match five and six, I was just kind of like, we watching this again? It's like, yeah, they tried. They have done a monumental job of making every match feel different. But, you know, I'm ready for them to move on. I wish this was a best of five series or something like that. But it's going to end on January 11th in the forum or I think it was in Staples Center's. Where it's in Los Angeles. And it's going to be at the, yeah, yeah, not, not the Stable Center, but it's going to be at the Kia Forum. Yeah, it's going to be at the Forum. They're going to have a banger match. People are going to be talking about it for the rest of our lives. I'm, and there's no doubt. But I'm just saying, me personally, yes, I can get tired of watching the same people wrestle over and over again. So it's, it's like, again, it, it, it you got to spread them out at least a little bit because, again, like, it's, it's, it's like, 
it's still always good, but you know, like, what else can we say about it? You know, yeah, we right. know these six guys like, are. Amazing. How many times can you like? At what point is like a five star match become like a four star match because you're just you're like ah, I knew. This like sometimes coming. I'm in the mood to rewatch the same shit. Like sometimes I'm just like I've seen this movie five hundred times and I want to watch it again. Yeah. But other times it's just like you know, hey, show me something different. I've already seen this movie. Yeah, and it's just like it's gonna be a banger. Tomorrow, it's gonna be a banger every time. I mean, I'm not absolutely. Gonna, I'm not saying it's a bad match. I'm just tired of watching it. And there's a difference. And I, there I, you go. I hope people understand that and don't come at me. It's not that I'm saying what they're doing is not amazing and that they're not amazing workers. And if, I mean, Young Bucks are not one of the best tag teams ever, if not the best tag team ever. It's just I'm tired of seeing these three people do the three things. Yeah. But, there you go. All right. Uh, Action Andretti actually ended up getting jumped backstage after this, uh, and Jericho threw a fireball on his face because he's a wizard. Um, so there's a little bit of a payback. Uh, we then had an in-ring interview with uh, the American Dragon Brian Danielson about the uh, departure of William Regal and the things that he did. And Danielson was like, I don't expect the BCC to forgive him. He's done some pretty bad things, but he talks about how he had his first uh, train. He trained first to wrestle in minutes up the road and the guy who turned me into the wrestler i am today is william regal he mentioned he also name dropped hbk his old trainer and then he said he turned me uh, william regal turned me into the person i am today and he's like i get it we don't have they don't have the same relationship as i do with regal but when he was in the hospital and i didn't think i'd see regal again i cried because that life man has made my life better so then he goes on and on basically about how now mjf needs to realize that there are consequences to your actions and he calls him out Calls him a coward and gets, says, get your ass out here. Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway, however, answer the call. And Ethan Page calls him a vegetable man, saying, like, oh, for some reason he thinks he can jump the line. And he said, um, uh, you just called me a vegetable man? And also he looked at uh, Stokely Hathaway and just was like, you know, I couldn't really see you guys. Your head's shining like that. And fucking, fucking uh, Stokely Hathaway, you raggedy bitch. You raggedy bitch in the slow lowering of the mic. Amazing. Amazing. That's the reason why Stokely is still really good. I know people don't like the firm, and I know that thing is kind of like, like whatever. But Stokely, Stokely himself, that's why people love Stokely because the shit like that, because he's so entertaining in that regard. Um, and Ethan also. I love that we're seeing more of Ethan Page. But he says basically – um, I'm going to literally turn you into a vegetable. And Danielson's like, we'll do it right now. And he's like, no, no, like I can pop the top, but I'm, these pants are staying on. We'll do it next week. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm all for more Ethan Page on my television screen. Ethan is so good at being despised. He got that crowd going like like MJF level, like heel responses from the crowd. It was really fucking good. And again, Stokely also a great pairing to him as well. And him and Danielson, this uh, upcoming Dynamite on New Year's Bash, I think is going to be a banger. I'm super stoked about this. So first Stokely uh, popped me with the raggedy bitch. I'm like, yep. I missed probably the line after that because I was laughing so hard. Because he said, you raggedy bitch, you raggedy bitch. <laughs> Even Ethan Page tried to catch him. Uh, yeah, it was it was a funny moment. Brian Danielson is 
like dude on the mic, off the mic, one of the most entertaining people. So, I mean, the story he told and weaved is amazing, building to their match. Ethan Page, very solid, very solid wrestler. I've always said, you know, and this will come up every now and then, is that if I was building, you know, a company, a new company, and I needed a number one heel, it would probably be Ethan Page because he is just so very entertaining, such a good wrestler, very physically imposing because he's gotten big and he's gotten this in shape together. So it works. I mean, he's giant versus Brian Danielson, and I'm like, I I bet Brian Danielson wants to put him over, but uh, I don't think don't think that's gonna happen. But I'm looking forward to it moving forward. Yeah, no, I'm super stoked about seeing this happen. Uh, we then actually got to see Hook on Dynamite for once. Normally, our our traditional Rampage viewing of Hook, we actually got to see Hook on Dynamite. Um, he took on Exodius Prime and got him to tap out. However, backstage, Lee Moriarty and Big Bill, now known as Big Bill, I know uh, Morrissey is no longer uh, W. Morrissey anymore. He's now Big Bill, which is a name that suits him. But I'm sorry, if you call yourself Big Bill... A pretty fucking weird, silly name, but whatever. We'll see if it sticks. But they attacked Jungle Boy. Uh, they were interacting basically because Jungle Boy came to his rescue last week. Big Bill proceeds to choke slam Jungle Boy into a dumpster, and Stokely uh, was there as, as well. Again, the firm doing stuff, um, sending a message to Hook. I love that we're actually getting a storyline with Hook because I feel like we kind of missed the boat with him a little bit. I know he was like mega, mega over earlier this year um the reaction he got at double or nothing 2022 was huge um and that was just a buy-in match where he teamed with Danhausen, um and people were going crazy for it um i'm glad that we're using him i feel like we kind of missed the boat a little bit but i don't think it's something that's that can't be salvaged um i want to see more hook i think he can do a lot of really good things and again he's a really interesting talent that i'd love to see more of um maybe this is the storyline that can give the firm a little bit of heat I don't know, but we'll see. Um, I'm at least happy that we're doing something with Hook, it looks like. Me too. Uh, Hook is, uh, Hook has, I've never been uh, shy about my love for uh, Taz Jr. Uh, But uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with this. uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with this, uh, with this character. You're going to get to see him like, you know, act and see his range and that kind of thing. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what goes on there. Absolutely. We then had John Moxley face off against Darius Martin. Uh, and uh, we got to see him. Like, a, this is a match I didn't expect to see. But um, uh, it was good to see Darius get a singles match. Um, I thought this was a fine enough match, honestly. Uh, it didn't go too long, but... Um, it was, a, it was a decent enough match. Um, this would also build into what we would see on Rampage, in fact. Um, the BCC and uh, Top Flight have kind of been going at it a little bit recently. Um, and th- I thought this was a good little match. Uh, they had a lot of high-flying stuff from Darius. And I, well, I do like Darius a lot. I think he, I, he works best in tag team wrestling. I think his singles work is good. But I think Dante's a better singles wrestler. Darius is a better tag team wrestler, and regardless, they're both better when together. They both complement each other so much better when they're together in the ring. I feel like, um, so like I would, I would prefer like if they were to do singles careers, I'd prefer them to be linked as a tag team because I think they just bring the best out of each other. 
Um, regardless, I still thought this was a good little match. Uh, it was good to see Moxley uh, get a, get the win. Um, yeah, I didn't have too much to add to this. I thought this was a good match, though. But you could also expect this match. This could have been also on a, a Rampage match. So it felt like a not a Dynamite-level match, at least in my mind. So Mox has gotten into pretty much <laughs> on the same match with everybody. So, a little bit. A little bit. And it's just like, yeah, he makes everybody look like the toughest person in the world. And it's great, but it's a, at this point, it's gotten a little repetitive. I like to see a little bit of variety in his matches. It was kind of like you could call the match. You're like, oh, he's going to do do this, and then, oh, he's going to kind of sell a little bit, and then he's going to get him in a chokehold or something, and the move's going to hit, or he's going to hit it twice, and he's going to look like he barely pulled it out. Well, some people... Some people, you don't need to barely put it out like it. You just need to win. And Right. I just think this match was one that he could have just, like, won without, you know, putting the other guy over. But, hey, it is what it is. People like Moxley. They like his style of storytelling. I just, like, I feel like it has gotten repetitive about the wall. Everybody you wrestle is not Hangman Page or CM Punk. Where, of sure. course, when you're wrestling those people... You're supposed to sell. You're supposed to give them a lot because you just don't want to beat them. But when you give everyone a lot, you know, eventually it does become repetitive. It's not this person is better. It's that you just don't know how to put people away. Right. No, and I I, I, I can definitely see the little problems with that as well. I do. Um, and they're good matches still, but, you know... Um, there's got to be a little bit of differentiating, I feel like, in the matches to kind of make things work out like that. But um, regardless, I still think that it's still it was it was a good match, but it was one that was like you know, eh, it was okay, but it wasn't like like anything that I would like that I'd go back to, I guess. Yeah. Um, we'll move on now to uh, your boys, FTR, the tag team champions of AAA and I and uh, New Japan, facing off against the Guns, Austin and Colton. Um, and this was an interesting one because, um, basically, um, FTR was getting going. They were throwing him into the barricades. They were really rolling things up, basically. Um, however, as things went on, uh, Austin Gunn throws Dax into the ring steps. The sharpshooter gets put on him, but Cash is able to, like, get him out of there. Dax goes for a pile driver on Austin, but he was dealing with an injury. I can't remember exactly which one. I don't remember exactly, but he couldn't hoist up Austin Gunn. There was a roll up, and with Colton it, Gunn it, it getting was on top of his injured ass, his ass. Yes, yes that's he, right. They his hurt ass his ass. Is broken. That's. I was gonna say. Glad you reminded me because I was like, I was like, yes. oh, we're back. Was uh, it or yeah. were they really going with we broke your ass? Uh, uh, yeah, when we were watching in Austin, he he gave us the moon and showed us the full bruise of his ass right oh that's right yeah he did do that i know he put it on twitter too um so because of that and with colton helping out with the pinfall as well dax takes the pin and the guns have have beaten ftr huge victory for the guns floyd your response to this little uh tough loss okay anyhow uh again and i generally enjoy ftr when they wrestle I thought, honestly, I wouldn't say it was a bad match, but this was the most, I know this match happened, but I don't care that it happened to match. Right. So, okay. So, I, I explained this on the other, I believe, the show with Dave. 
uh, is that you got this situation where you're sending them out of the territory and they're going to put over teams for another company, right? So right. what you want to do is before you send them to lose to these other people, you want to get as much out of them as you can. So first they put over the acclaimed, right? Then they put over the Briscoes and now they put over the guns. Now the acclaimed got something out of beating them. The Briscoes got something out of beating them. I don't think the guns gained anything by beating them in this match. Okay. I don't think they looked particularly good. I don't think like they, they didn't put on like a banger of a match. It was just the bad guys won kind of thing. And I was just like, to me, the guns beating FTR should mean something. You know what I mean? And I don't think it means anything. I think everybody fully expects FTR to go handle this business in Mexico and Japan and then come back and eventually beat the guns. I right. don't feel like everybody thought, felt like anybody thought this was any type of elevation of the guns. I mean, yeah, I, it was like I said, it was a win. So I can't say that it <laughs> didn't avail, it, I don't, I can't say that it wasn't like they didn't try, but like, you know, that the guns aren't going to be like getting much else other than that one win. I feel yeah. Like. There's a better match in here. There and is. I, and I feel like they should have put it on <laughs> this Wednesday because like I said, it's like you want to come out of this match when you got a young tag team playing uh, wrestling against an older tag team. You want to come out of this match like, oh, man, these kids can go. Like, these kids can go. I don't think anyone came out of this match with that feeling. Yeah, I mean, like, again, it, it, I it, thought... It's, it's, not me, it's not even me trying to be negative. It's just like you beat someone that you have built like FTR over the last year. Them rarely losing, them collecting belts, and you have built them up. Someone should be talking about this team beating FTR, and no one is because it feels like no one cares. Right. I mean, yeah. So I, I, I'm interested. <laughs> to, I'm interested to see because we're going to get a little bit more too with this upcoming episode of Dynamite as well. We're going to be able to see uh, possibly if they do anything else with FTR. And hey, you know, Dax has got his podcast. Maybe he'll speak on it at some point. But I mean, I mean, the one thing Dax is going to do is speak on things. Exactly. I, I I I don't meet I don't meet many men that can out talk me, but it's not even close with that man. And I tip my hat to him because I'm like I be trying to I try to get a word in. And it's like Dax. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's like like I said, love talking to the guy. When I you know the few times I've had a chance to, I've all I always like it. So it's just that man's going to talk on that podcast. It's going to be a fun show to listen to, but I'm going to tell you this. If you didn't like Dax before, Oh, you won't like him now. <laughs> you probably are not going to, you're going to be like, Oh, like it, like anyone. He's lit they're literally opening up their first episode talking about punk. Do yeah. you think he's going to rub people the wrong way? Yes, absolutely. Cause like me, you know, you are very subtle about your punk fandom. I am out loud. I'm subtle. I'm subtle in some ways. I'm I am out. Some ways. I am out loud. I am a pe Pepsi drinking. I cannot say straight edge, but Pepsi Pepsi drinking, waiting for a GTS. I loved Old Man Punk. You know, I liked Old Man Logan, which is just like this superhero that's old and grouchy. Old Man Punk, dude, just come back and be 
punk, but just old and grouchy and just hate everything, and I love it. So, no, uh, no, no, I like I said, this match, let's get back to this show. This yeah. match, I'm not even trying to I gloss over it. It's just like, <coughs> I wanted more from Austin and Colton in this match. That's what yeah, I Yeah, if you were gonna like if you were gonna try to put them over, then put them over. Like, yeah, the thing, yeah, like put them over, you know, and it just felt like you know, you only get a certain amount of time. I know the performers, whatever. I just like I said, I don't know what they were going for. Or they maybe they were just like, Hey, let's get the guns a win. And if that's the case, they did do that. Like I said, but it just didn't come off as this monumental moment ever that it felt like it should have been because they've been calling out FTR every week. This has been building and it's just like, it felt like, like it just happened. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Dax has this look on his face like, Oh, I can't believe they beat me. And it's like, you're the only person that can't believe they beat you. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Because everybody else saw this coming. Yeah. Well, moving on though, we had, a segment I was mega, mega excited for. And then it turned out to be, eh, I will say. Um, we had the face-off between Keith Lee and Sora Strickland mediated by Mr. Maybach Music. Big homie. Big boss. Ricky Rose. Rick Ross. Oh, my God. This segment, I have word, I have things to say. Yes, I was so excited for this segment. I genuinely was so fucking hyped for this because... Rick Ross was unintentionally one of the most funny, entertaining things that we got in AEW this year. Accusations. False accusations. You know, you see a genuine excitement to be on the show, and I I really do appreciate that. Yes, dude, like, he is a guy, like, again, has Rick Ross had a hit record recently? No. Rick Ross's last, like, what was Rick Ross's last hit record, I guess, like, when he was on, uh, let's take a look here. What was his last hit record? I'm interested. I guess maybe, yeah, I was going to say Purple Lamborghini from the Suicide Squad album. Other than that, like he was on the Drake song with, when they won the, when the, when the Raptors won the NBA title. But like his, his, for his last like big single record, I guess maybe you didn't get to like since like 2010, 2011. This dude's just nothing but a feature at this point. But yeah, he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really care. I mean, he made an yes. iconic song, you know. I he made hustling. That's the yeah, iconic. Exactly. So there you go. Song. Yeah, there like, you go. But this man's still a big name in hip hop. He's a big name in pop culture, and the fact that he's so like eager to do all this stuff with AEW, and is literally on camera like this man. Of course, he does not give a damn, and he's like literally going up to Keith Lee being like. You a big motherfucker, and Keith Lee's just like, the network's gonna be mad. So fucking funny. Literally, I I was was dying. I was just like, this segment's gonna be one of my favorite of the year. It's gonna close out the year, and I'm gonna have a new favorite segment. It's gonna be amazing. And Swerve comes out. He's talking crap about Keith Lee. Says you need to keep your eyes in the back of your head at one point. And then Parker Parker Bordeaux comes out. And he attacks Keith Lee from behind. And then some other motherfucker, I don't even know who the dude was. And they are going to be parts of Swerve's new affiliate group. And Rick Ross is, of course, commentating over top of it, which was which I enjoyed. But still, I was like, really? We're, we're trying this again with this dude? Like, I, I just don't think people get with this guy. And the other guy, I literally know nothing about. I know nothing. 
I mean, call me a fake fan and call me like I don't know much about wrestling or whatever. Like nobody in that building knew who the fuck he was. No, no. Barely like, anybody knew who Parker was. Dude, Denise Salvedo, who does this shit for a living, had no idea who that man was. If that's that's all you need to know right there. Yeah. So, so. for the people that might have been this week and haven't found out, the mystery man with face tattoos and braids is former minor league baseball player Grandin Goatsman. Uh, he has been training with Jay Lethal School for his AEW debut. The debut had been planned for at least a couple weeks, and Goatsman was backstage at the October 10th Dynamite. It was noted he's been with the company for a while as he got ready to join the costume. He was a second-round pick for the Tampa Bay Rays in 2011. Uh, he played until last year in Mexico, and then I guess he retired because he didn't get into the MLB. So that's who this man is. Um, let me let me talk about the segment in general. Yeah, go ahead, man. Timing is everything. Timing is beautiful. When a segment is timed right, oh my God, perfection, beautiful, all this stuff. So everything wrong with this segment for me. This was Swerve's segment. Rick Ross was there. Keith Lee was there. But this was all about making Swerve a made man. This was his made man moment. He was going to have, well, new manager, new person. And his new manager is fucking Rick Ross of all people, right? And as many people probably try to pretend that it's not a name, Rick Ross is a name, right? It is. So, oh, Rick Ross is going to, in essence, manage Swerve. Oh, my God. This is a big monumental moment that can move Swerve up to like a main event. <clears throat> now, I will say this. If anybody in this world can get past this and make it work, it is Swerve Strickland. Because just when I he's one of those people when I think I know where his ceiling or where he's going to be, he always shows me I don't know shit yet. So, I want to say that first. I think Swerve's going to be okay. But this segment was terrible. <laughs> it wasn't good, man. It wasn't I, I good. I it's like I don't know. I know they don't do scripts and all that kind of stuff. I know. I know they don't, and and that's fine. But you at least have to work on the timing of this shit. Parker Boudreaux comes out, and I'm guessing. I'm only guessing. I am speculating because I can't even. T- like it's like when a quarterback throws a pass and it's an interception and you can't even tell the receiver they were throwing to so you try to guess you try to look at the receiver in the area and say maybe he was trying to go to him that's what this segment felt like this was an interception and I couldn't even tell where the ball was supposed to go you get Parker Bergeron in the ring and I'm thinking they were supposed to be in the ring at the same time so you got this guy that's never been on TV before Right, and it looks like he threw the timing off of the whole thing because Parker gets in there and attacks Keith Lee, right? And then right. Keith Lee beats him up in essence. So you got this dude that's supposed to be this monster that has Swerve's back, and he gets his ass kicked until <laughs> another guy comes out. And then the, so they get out there, and then another guy comes out and he hits him, and and then they have to hit him with the chair, and it's just like. They look like the worst henchmen in, that have ever henchmen in history. They make Bebop and Rocksteady from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles look smart. 
I yeah, don't, I don't know if you get that reference, but oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out, Bebop and Rocks. Yeah, extra stock. Yeah, so that's basically what it is. Swerve is Strider, and these are these are Bebop and Rocksteady with the less high, less of an IQ, and the timing is off, and everything is off, and the segment felt like it dragged forever, and it probably didn't even last that long. But while you're watching it, it felt like forever. And right. like, dude, when I say I'm, the let's not forget too that Rick Ross actually had to stall for time a little bit before Swerve came out, yes. and like that's when we got the "you a big motherfucker," yes. which again, best part of the segment. But still, yes. he was stalling. Yes, I am the fertility for positivity, and I will tell you, I was sitting there and I could not find anything to be positive about this. This was a swing and a miss. First of all, so. I don't know. Like I said, I feel like you could have gotten more names that people recognize to be henchmen for Swerve. Like these other, I mean, like Parker's fine. Parker's fine. You've had him built as a monster. I don't think he's lost anything on Dark. That's fine. Might not necessarily my pick, but I think he was fine. But that second guy needed to be a name, you know? Right. Someone recognizable. Yeah. And like, dude, maybe Anthony Gogo comes out and punches the dude in the stomach, you know? But someone that's like, oh, that's a big son of a bitch. He's Swerve's got a crew right now. And dude came out and he looked intimidating at first, but you could just tell he was green and he really didn't know what he was supposed to do or where he was supposed to go. And your that should never be your first impression of someone. Right. And and it's just like, like I said, segment was terrible and it's going to happen i doubt it was a uh, one of the worst segments in dynamite history and it's like i'm listening to my show my dynamite review that i always listen to for joe lanza and it was so bad he's like there's nothing for me to add that hasn't been said you know what i mean he's like that's the kind of stuff that joe likes to just go off on and he he didn't because there was, you know, everybody knew this was bad. This me saying it's bad is not a hot take. <laughs> you know? Right? It's like everyone knew it was bad. You shouldn't have that segment on there. So the thing I can say with WWE, and I, you know, I, I rarely give too many flowers to WWE, but when they bring their celebrities in, they know what they're supposed to do. Like if yeah. they screw up, it's because they got off script. But they understand this is your mark. This is what you're supposed to say. This is how the person's going to react. That's the thing, yeah. I, yeah. I would have thought this one would have been way more like scripted and like planned out because like you have a guy who's not familiar with the industry. Yes. Not familiar with this type of stuff. And he, he, the he, fact he that it kind of felt so loosey-goosey and like, you know, you're trying to like play into it. Like obviously Swerve's trying to set up for, for at one point for Rick Ross to say his accusations line. Um, and it's like, you know, he's got to realize it and then go into it. It's just like, you know, this should have been p- more planned out. And yeah. the fact that it wasn't like, again, I don't think AW's past hip hop or celebrity usages have been necessarily bad. I can't think of one that's, that's been like awful. Yeah, no. And, and I honestly, Rick Ross was the least bad thing about this. Segment. Yeah, no, Rick Ross was the, my he favorite was part of the entire thing. <laughs> he was fine. It was just, you could tell. He could tell it was going bad, and he, so he just, just started, started talking. Shit. Yes, he just started talking, and it's just like he's an entertainer that has 
like performed in front of way bigger crowds than we were at this AEW. So it wasn't nerves. It was just, oh, these people ain't feeling this. <laughs> what do I'm supposed to do? What am I supposed yeah. to do? I'm just going to start talking now. <laughs> Again, I hope that this feud actually gets a little bit better. But like again, I'm not. I'm not. This is really disappointing. I talked about how I was so fucking excited that we were gonna get Rick Goddamn Ross once again on my television screen, and I got that. But what I also got is Keith Lee possibly stuck in a feud that isn't gonna help him, and a feud that's not gonna help Swerve because I love both of them and I want them to be successful and this looks like the feud has kind of already started on the wrong foot the one thing you don't have to worry about with these two are the matches the matches no. are gonna the matches are gonna bang and then after the show they did this clip and in the back it was Rick Ross walking with the two and swerve and they all wearing their shirts and Rick Ross basically cuts a promo like it was a pre-tape you could edit yeah it, it was it was so much better than what happened. Dude, I don't know why we just didn't – again, like I said, I don't know why it wasn't scripted like that because, like I said, I loved that Twitter video. Yes. I loved that Twitter promo, yes. and I wish they would have put – I don't know why that's not uploaded on their YouTube either. That video should just be on YouTube by yeah. itself. Yes, the meet up, the, you know, the, the conference shouldn't have happened in the ring. It should have been a bad state statement, was pre-recorded with Keith Lee getting jumped by the two people so they can have a nice introduction. It's just the fact that it played out in the ring. I don't think it was ready for that. And again, Swerve's going to get past this. Keith Lee's going to get past this. They're too good not to. But yeah, everyone's going to remember this is how it started out, though. No, yeah, absolutely. But we'll move into the main event. And the best part of the show, the AEW Women's World Championship match between Jamie Hayter and Hikaru Shida, this was amazing. This was so well done. And I will emphasize this as something – this has been something that I've been screaming about when it comes to the AEW women's division. Hikaru Shida is your ace for your women's division. She is so good. And I know some people during her title reign that she had during the pandemic, they were kind of like, eh, you know, it was fine. But, like, she held it down in the pandemic era. But, you know, like, it was fine. I'm like, No. Hikaru Shida is the best wrestler that you have on the roster right now. I know people will say Britt Baker. I understand that completely, and I, I will I will tip my hat to that if you if you still believe that. But Shida is so consistent, and she's been part of some of the best matches and best feuds in AEW women's wrestling. Like, she is amazing. And for Jamie, this only makes her title reign look even better because to have this match under your belt and a defense like this, I think, does wonders for Jamie as a as a, uh, w- a women's champion. I could not be more happy about this. This made me feel so good because in a company that has a lot of really talented women's wrestling, women's wrestling isn't not their focus. Like they don't focus on women's wrestling like that. But when they put the effort to give these give their women who they know can just go, and they put it out there. AEW Women Wrestling can be outstanding, and it can be up to par with what WWE puts out with their women's wrestling, because that's always something WWE has had over AEW. And I, like I said, this match was fucking awesome. Uh, you got a nice little moment where uh, Jamie, there was like a little bit of distraction. She got to get a kendo stick spot on Britt Baker. However, that allowed Jamie Hader to do the amazing like 
looked like Sheeta was going to reverse into a, a Hurricanrana. She catches him, pulls her up, power slam. So many good near falls in this match, too. And that was the one that got the win. Um, eventually, Jamie Hayter, uh, after hitting the Hater aid, gets the win. Then they start attacking Sheeta, Britt Baker, and Rebel. Tony Storm comes out, chases them out. Jamie Hayter hits Tony Storm with the belt, and then that's when, uh, she asks, as Tony Storm's about to get jumped again, Soraya comes out and uh, chases her off, and Britt Baker's get thrown out of the ring with a kick. Um, so we continue the feud as well with Britt Baker and Soraya. Or Soraya. Uh, yeah, this was literally the best part of the entire show. I love this. This was the way that you want to use your women wrestlers in your company um, and to get a big spot like like this, and again, the crowd was hot for this entire match. Like, I'm just so happy. And again, I, I want to emphasize, Sheeta is your women's ace. She is so fucking good. And I want to put people to make sure they put respect on how good Sheeta is, because I know she's been gone for a while and she's been doing amazing stuff in Japan. But to have her back and to have her put on matches like this for the women's division is huge. And I think it cannot be emphasized how good this is. And Jamie Hayter is already looking like she's going to be a stellar women's champion. It's not just a fan service one that people wanted because, oh, she's got big thighs and she could crush me. Step on me, mommy. No, Jamie Hayter is still really good. Like there is a reason why she is women's champion. It's not just because wrestling fans are infatuated with her. She's actually really fucking good. Well, this is what it looks like when some people – you know, that, like, Sheeta, 10-year pro wrestler from Japan. Uh, Jamie worked in Japan a lot. And they were just allowed to work their style. And it was physical, and it was aggressive. They didn't do anything, like, super overly athletic. They just went out there and beat the shit out of each other. And, man, you know, sometimes that's just all you want from your wrestling. Is It looked like a fight. It looked like... Sheeta wanted to win. It looked like Jamie wanted to win. It looked like Britt wanted Jamie to win. And Britt needed the spotlight on her a little bit. So she jumped in maybe when she didn't need to. So it was it was it was a great match. And it was just like uh I've heard my friends talking and covering this match and I just like all I could say is it's for the first time in a while, it, it there was a women's match that just looked like a legit fight. And that's what it did, and it was it was fun. It was a fun match. Uh, they were in San Antonio. Oh my God! When they were doing it, you heard the crowd screaming "Thunder Rosa," you know, Rosa, <coughs> Rosa, and then it was Soraya, and I was just like, "Oh, I know, I know, she might not be healthy, but God dang it, would that not have been a great moment for Tony, uh, Thunder Rosa to come back right there in her hometown? That would have been awesome." But it didn't oh, yeah, happen. Sure. Soraya came out. They're building to. Soraya and her mystery partner, uh, who, you know, unfortunately, AEW is being put in a situation where if January 11th is coming and Soraya's partner is anyone but Mercedes Monet or whatever she's going to be going by, they really need to just go ahead and spoil it before that night. Right. Because I don't care who comes out of there. They're gonna get booed. <laughs> you know? Mercedes, yeah. yeah. If it's not Mercedes, well, you've already yeah. you've already given the 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 Sasha stands uh, an inkling that she might be showing up. 
Yeah, and if that's that is right. the case. So, so, like, if I don't hear anything from now to January 11th and they go in with it being a surprise and they announce anybody were at Mercedes, I'm going to be like, that was the dumbest thing ever and you just set this person up for failure. And then also, too, you pissed off the Sasha stance. You exactly. don't want to do no, that. No, no. You, yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. No, she Mercedes better be walking through that door in, in L.A. on one of your biggest stages you know, with the new stage and all that stuff, she does a little pause thing, you know? I mean, maybe if you get Snoop Dogg to do her theme, oh, my God, that would be like a perfect FU to the WWE. It would be pretty dang huge for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I mean, like Snoop Dogg's worked with AEW, so that's not the thing. It's, but, it's not out of the but, question. But if he does her new song, but for AEW, oh, my God, that's just like, and that's just like, you know, like the high stepping into the end zone. You know, it's not like, oh, you could have just ran the end zone and handed the ball to the ref. But no, you high stepped and put your arm behind your head, you know, that kind of thing. Um, no, uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about Mercedes and how just like WWE didn't see her in the level of Charlotte and Ronda and Becky. And yeah. it's just like... I would have given her whatever she asked for just for her not to sign with <laughs> AEW. Just for her not to sign with AEW. I would have given oh, yeah. her whatever she asked for just because she not to sign with AEW. I have been very like fervent about this. That no. the reason the men's division moved faster than the women's division is because you could bring in Chris Jericho as a name. You have the elite that built up their following. But the biggest name to me was John Moxley. Your first night in, you have a WWE recent defectee showing up at your company. It gave you respect. It gave you a validation that even Chris Jericho didn't give you, right? Because he's a little older. Yeah. He's a little older. So it gave you everything you needed. And I was like, there was no John Moxley of the women's division. There was no person with this name from WWE that was going to bring their fans with them. There was no woman in the women's division. Everybody, you were kind of building for scratch, right? Sheeta, mm -hmm. you didn't know who Sheeta was. You didn't, you know, Kylie Ray was one of them. And like, you didn't, Nyla Rose, you didn't know who these people were. They were getting introduced to the nation. And you needed that name to really bring your women's division up to the next level. One of the four horsewomen, any of them, I think any of them, but also the one of the four horsewomen that's starring in a fucking Star Wars series. Yep. You don't lose that person. They're not just bringing WWE. She's bringing Star Wars fans. She's bringing everyone that likes And again, Mercedes. her stance and yeah, her stance. And yeah, and Mercedes Vernado, right? That's what she like. People that follow her are coming. I would have paid anything for her not. Well, to and again, AEW. we don't know yet. Still, we don't, we don't know, know yet. No, she might not ever show up. But <laughs> it, it, this is really, but, this is really feeling starting to feel punkish. That's all I'm it, saying. Oh yes, oh it, yes, it, it, it's starting to feel punkish. Where it's like everyone's. This is a secret that everybody's in on. You know that kind of thing. And they're like, and if this doesn't happen, there's going to be a riot. And again. If they come out the week before, Soraya comes out to cut the interview and says, this is my mystery partner, and it's like Thunder Rosa or whoever, right? I think that's fine. There is no, 
you know, you you didn't promise us anything. You never promised us anything. You didn't make us wait to the moment. I think it goes over fine. People still are not going to like it, but you it know, won't be a riot. It won't be a riot. Just don't let it get to the January 11th without announcing it. That's all I'm saying. And it not be her. Yeah. Yep. There you go. But that was AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash. I want to really quickly touch on some things with Rampage because I know Rampage has gotten better. I can significantly better. Significantly <laughs> better. We had a really big uh, trios battle royale actually, which was an interesting that they, thing that they. If you did not get to see that, go watch it. Yes, it was a really good battle royal. Uh, you had Arrow Fox in top flight, Arya Davari in the varsity athletes, best friends with Chuck. Trent and OC, the BCC with Claudio, Moxley, and Yuta, Dark Order with Reynolds, Uno, and Silver, Kip Sabian in The Butcher and the Blade, uh, Le Faction in Gronaves uh, with Drillistico, Preston Vance, and Roosh. So we actually got to see 10, not with the Dark Order, and we actually got to see them interact a little bit. And then Spanish Announced Project with Angelico, Luther, and Serpentico. Um, and this was a really good battle royal. Um, the way it finished off when we had uh, Claudio uh, and Moxley facing off against Top Flight, continuing that feud a little bit. But then Hangman Page flies in and then he starts beating the shit out of Moxley. And that causes Moxley to get thrown out of the ring. Um, and then uh, it's Claudio trying to defend himself against Top Flight, which he was doing pretty well up until one point. Uh, but eventually uh, Top Flight eliminate Claudio and AR Fox and Top Flight win the $300,000 tor- uh, uh, Battle Royal. Um, it was a really good battle royal. There was a lot of cool moments in this, and I'm never going to turn down a good battle royal. And again, it helped Rampage a lot uh, for something like this. And it's good for Top Flight, too. This was a big win for them, and AR Fox as well. <clears throat> yeah, we're starting to see the number in Rampage go up. Uh, it is going up, yeah. It was over 500,000 this week, 0.18 uh, in the ratings. So, I mean, what they did... Uh, you know, what they did was very important to uh, setting up Rampage and putting the bigger stars on there. And I enjoyed that whole thing. I just enjoyed the whole. I love Battle Royals. They're my favorite. Even Bad Boy Battle Royals is a good Battle Royal because they're all, none of the, none are the same. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, we also got a nice little segment with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz calling out uh, House of Black, basically being like, um, um, Let's go. We want to fight. And that's when uh, Julie gets on the ramp and he, she points onto the big screen. And that's where Malachi and the House of Black appear. And he's like, look, we'll face off soon. But listen, if the enemy of my enemy is my friend, then the friend of my enemy is influenced by me. But would he then be his enemy too? And that's causing Eddie Kingston all of a sudden to question the friendship of Ortiz um, which is an interesting idea, at least because I think Eddie by himself is more dangerous because if he doesn't have people to like hold him back, um, I think Eddie becomes way more unhinged. Um, so I think the idea of like kind of separating Eddie again uh, is an idea that I am into. Um, but I thought that was a nice little moment. Um, Jade Cargo squashed uh, Verd Vixen, and then we had the Claim versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, which I thought was a fine enough tag team um match but then actually uh daddy ass himself because max caster didn't wrestle it was anthony bowens a daddy ass daddy ass took the pin on lethal with lethal injection so it was a big win for uh 
Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Um, and I thought it was a fine enough match. It was a fine enough Rampage match. But the big selling point for Rampage this week was the Battle Royal. And then also a little bit of story stuff with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Because he's a guy that, like, again, realize how, how much you have with uh, – how much you have with uh, Eddie Kingston? He's, I want him on TV so much. Eddie is one of the guys he can make anything work. I mean, just like with a facial expression or a look on his face, or you know, like I mean, not I mean, I mean, didn't make facial expression and look on his face. Those are the same thing. <laughs> but, uh, right. No, what I'm saying is, with uh, just this simple glance or. Like, he'll look at the crowd and give somebody an angry look or whatever. It just, he knows how to, uh, he knows how to make it work. So, it's just like, he's going to uh, get everything over. Uh, Ortiz, I felt like, has been floating since Santana's gone. He hasn't really been, he's been in matches, but he hasn't been anything meaningful. It looks like they're giving him something meaningful. So, I'm very excited to see that. And, you know, Mal- uh, you give me Malachi Black versus Eddie Kingston in a match all day. Just all day. Yeah, absolutely. Put that on the very beginning of Rampage. I'm, r- I'm right there. I'm right there. You can't keep me away. Absolutely. But that was uh, AEW Holiday Bash for Rampage. We'll then really quickly get into our preview for New Year's Smash Dynamite. We have, of course, Ethan Page versus Brian Danielson. Top Flight is going to go against Mox and Claudio from the BCC once again. Um, Ruby Soho um, announced how she was looking for so- someone to help her take down Ty Conti and Anna Jay. Willow Nightingale was the one who answered the call. They had a nice little Twitter VO thing. I mean, uh, not VO, Jesus. Little uh, video package uh, that they had, which I thought was cute. Um, and I'm always down for more Ruby use. Uh, the sixth match of Elite versus Death Triangle, but it's going to be Falls Count Anywhere this time. And then we're going to get a TNT title match between Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Big meaty men slapping meat uh, and Joe getting to defend that TNT title. So it's good to be able to see it used. Um, So, yeah, it looks like a pretty solid dynamite to close out 2022, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a banger. This year is going to end the way it started with amazing matches, TNT title matches. I wouldn't even be shocked to see a TNT title change. Uh, You know, you get the elite and lose bros. Uh, again, so that's going to be another one. This time, falls count anywhere. That's going to be great, and I get to see Willow, and I just want Willow on the show every week, forever. Is are people going to say I'm whining if I want Willow on the show every week? I, I don't know. Her, if I want her to work, I don't know. Is that, that going to be a problem? Because I want her on the show every week. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's pretty reasonable. <laughs> but anyways, that is our preview for uh, New Year's Smash. Um, and now it's time for us to get into our five wishes. So Floyd, do you want to kick us off with your first wish or do you want to go, you say all of your wishes or are we going to trade off? What are we going? Let's trade off. Okay. Go. What's your first wish? All right. So I'm going to go with number five, number five. Um, I have decided that I want Hikaru Shida to be the one to beat today cargo and be the first, first ever. Women's world champion and first person to hold both titles. I love that. I love that so much. I just think, you know, I think they could tell a good story. She could, you know, you know, Jade, you know, not being the greatest worker, she could lead Jade through the match. They could put together something pretty epic. And I think she should be the one to beat Jade. So my fifth wish is for Karashita to beat Jade to beat the Shriek. 
I love that so much. Um, I, my fifth one actually was that it was just simply like I want Ruby Soho to get used again because I don't understand why she fell off as hard as she did this year. Um, so yeah, I want I like that was what one of mine was, which I still firmly believe in, and I'm glad to see that we are getting to see her on television more. Um, but I like I'm like so that's the one I wrote down was more Ruby Soho for number five, but I'm changing that to Sheeta beating Jade because I fucking love that idea so much that I'm going to, I'm going to steal yours for right now. But my unofficial, uh, number five is I want Ruby Soho to be used a little bit more properly in the women's division. Cause I think she is a good piece to have. I think you wouldn't sign her, um, if you didn't have at least some more plans for her. So I'm, I mean, again, it looks like we're getting a little bit more, but I would like to see her used well because I think she is a good character and she's entertaining. And yeah, but also put in there, I want what Floyd just pushed too. Like, give me Sheeta beating Jade. I love that idea. All right. So my number four, my number four, I don't necessarily want them to be world champions, but I would like to see a clear elevation of private party. I okay. another one is like 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 that goes inside this. I would like to see a top flight versus private party feud because I yeah. think they could put on some amazing matches. But private party, like one of the first episodes of Dynamite, you know, they upset the Young Bucks, and it was like this moment. It was it was Jericho in action and ready. You know what I mean? It was. Oh my God, they're not supposed to beat them. And it, and it was kind of like, it felt like you were saying, that's going to be the future of the tag team division. And nothing has come of that. So, private party, I would like them to get pushed. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. Uh, mine actually is a, a, a little bit, uh, kind of close to that, but a little different. Uh, my number four is that... Um, I would like in 2023 to have Ricky Starks holding a championship, not the FTW title, because we've seen that. We're good with that. Um, he could be TNT or he could be um, All Atlantic if you wanted to do such a thing. Um, or hell, if randomly you want to throw him into a tag team. Like, I'm not opposed to that, but I would prefer it to be a singles title. Basically, get some gold on Ricky Starks, is what I'm saying. The guy is really shown to be a real asset. I think people are really starting to get a big affinity towards him. I think there's a good chance that you could cat, uh, jump on the chance with that because Joe is the TNT champion is good, but you already got him doing stuff with ring of honor. And especially if you're trying to get ring of honor television stuff going, you're going to need him to do that a lot more because I think Joe being on ring of honor and trying to really sell that is going to be something that would need to be constant. So I think Ricky is TNT champion is something that could be pretty believable, like from jump street. But just get gold on this guy. He's really good. I completely agree with that. Ricky starts. I feel like uh, that star is starting <coughs> to shine pretty big. Um, all right. So this will be number three if I'm doing it reversed. Uh, I want Nyla Rose on commentary more. Oh, all right. She's hilarious. Like, just legitimately just funny. I, I don't know how you can make that work. I don't know. Maybe backstage interviewer where she bullies people or something. Just It's just like Nyla, even in her little stint with Jade, she has this ability just to like make you laugh, like gutter, guttural like laughter that she brings out of people. So, 
yeah, I want to see more of her. Like either dark commentary, a rampage, just something where somewhere where she can just talk shit because that's what she's really good at. All right. Well, my number three is a pretty simple request. Um, I don't care what show it would be for. I don't care when he shows up. I don't care how he shows up. Um, obviously, I think for this guy, the reasonable thing to believe would be if you did a Forbidden Door 2, he would show up there. I want a Bushi. In some capacity, I want a Bushi. Um, a lot of these are like the, my remaining ones are just guys I want to see or people I want to see in AEW. He doesn't even need to sign. I don't even need a Bushi to sign. Just give it once. At least one time, I would like to see a Bushi in 2023 in an AEW ring doing something. Anything. I don't care. Just give me a Bushi. I've been good this year. I would like a Bushi. The Golden Lovers versus FTR was really, like, like that was close to being on my list. But I decided I only wanted to leave one FTR thing on the list, so that didn't make it so okay okay. so now we're gonna go to uh now we're gonna go to my number two and my number two similar but yeah i want kazuchika okada okay in a main event at one of the four uh one of the five pay-per-views for you know the AEW title i feel like that's a reasonable one since he's already done stuff with AEW. yeah like i want him in a in a uh big match for the AEW, you know, AEW title. I want him to main event one of the pay-per-views. Now, preferably, it would be Okada versus Omega at All Out. You know, you know, if if my number one wish doesn't come true, which if anyone's listening to the show and you don't know my number one wish, I am ashamed of you. So, yep. <laughs> so, uh, number two for you, sir. My number two is also a pretty simple one as well. Um, I want Mercedes to be all elite. I think that is a huge, like I said, we're talking about this Mercedes possibility like we were when CM Punk was possibly going to be in AEW. That's how huge of a get she would be, I think, genuinely. I think Soraya was huge just because, not only because she it was a defection, but more so it was good for her just because she got to wrestle again. Like there is, she was, she got her kind of edge moment because we didn't think she was ever going to wrestle again. She got her Brian Danielson moment. Um, for Mercedes to go to AEW would be a shot that I feel like would be huge. Um, and the eyeballs you would get, I think, would be massive as well. Be very careful. Her stand scare me. Um, but I cannot deny it. she's one of the best women's wrestlers out. Women wrestlers out there. She's one of the best wrestlers. Period. I feel like her quality of matches and her quality of work speak for themselves um and i think to continue to build up that women's division to be even stronger than it can be you get mercedes all right and of course i agree with that i mean i just talked about how big it was and in uh you know very you know detail how big it was so my number one and again, uh, you're, I, I don't even know what to say if you don't understand what this is. I feel like, you, you, I, why do I feel like ours might be the same? Yeah, I've been banging, banging, banging for this. I want these men to grow up. Yep. And I yep. want FTR and Mr. CM Punk versus Elite and literally the wrestling feud of the century. 
It's literally my number one as well. I literally wrote CM Punk and the Elite bury the hatchet. Punk returns. Like anything could happen after that point. I wouldn't yeah. care. Yeah. Like just that's all I want. It's all I want, dude. I want everyone to get along. I want the feud, like the legit hatred and the legit problems that these two have, that these groups have. I want it to go away. I want it to be done. It's like I, I, I get I, it. I I, I, I understand I your peace and love. I don't give a fuck if you don't like each other. I don't give a fuck if you hate each other. <laughs> Use it. Use it. Use it in the promo. Fucking hate each other and then go out there and perform. Take a shot. Go out there and perform and entertain me. If you want to just both give each other a punch and then somebody gets one back, I don't care. <laughs> This, you'll give punches and then you'll literally become millionaires dude, off of this feud alone. Dude, this, there are three to four pay-per-view matches or main events at least out of this three-on-three rivalry. And it's just, uh, you know, people might be like, why do you like Dak so much? And I've seen some of the transcripts from his first thing, and he's like, "Yeah, the, the one I that comes hope, out, uh, it'll be coming out on Thursday." Yep, I'm, I, I hope them. these two people can get over it, and we can come back and do this thing, and we can change the face of professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, that's all we want. Fucking everything, Dax and Cash has been saying for years. And everything CM Punk has said in that interview, just start saying it on TV with it recording. And the Young Bucks say the same shit. You wouldn't have a job if it was for me. I could go on this thing. I'm not going to do this again. But good Lord. I just want to see these six men fake fight. You know what I mean? I want it's, it to go. I want I want my favorite wrestler to be back on television. I, I want to be able to I want to be able to enjoy my favorite wrestler, but not without feeling like, you know, I'm like breaking the Geneva Convention or something for doing so. And I just want him to be epic punk dick. As yeah. like, I, I don't want him to be nice. I want him to be the most epic. I would prefer I would prefer him to be a dick on on cam- on television because I think it works better for this and I think also it would be more fun but again I don't care what he comes back as I just want him back because I want I just want things to be better I want things to be better like for me as a fan and for wrestling as a whole and I think wrestling is better when punk is not like burning bridges and he's helping make wrestling better kill everybody let's do this tk if you make this happen i mean my loyalty has pretty much been uh promised to you forever but if you make this happen i'm like you are the you are the booker of the year for the next five years because no one no one could see this happening and it's just like make it work throw money at it do whatever you gotta do say hey y'all never have to be in the same room or most importantly, let's just get them in a cage. Let's just get a Punk and Omega in a ring, and let's see on on Rampage and have a real boxing match, have a real fight. Let's go. I don't care. There's just so much money to be made with this feud. Just how passionate both sides are now. You know, there is a clear CM Punk FTR side. There's a clear the elite. Oh, side. it's so it's, it's so clear, dude. So it's so clear. clear, and it's just like. You're on one side or the other. You know, like I love just love professional wrestling, but I'm on one side. You know what I mean? It's like even the even the big I just love wrestling people. 
you're on a side. You know, you're picking a side. You know, and I just want yep. And I've like, tried to be I've tried to be the most like mm-hmm. like I guess bipartisan person in this whole thing, but you all know I swing punk regardless. There you go. And it's just like they both have these passionate loyal fan bases that will only make for a beautiful wrestling saga. Let's go. Let's go the elite. Let's just do it. F- fuck you, Sam. <laughs> fuck you, elite. Channing. We already got a li- we already got yeah. a little bit of oh it last God. like this year. Yes, yeah. you do one match in LA. You do one match in Chicago. You do one match in New York. Come on. Come on. There you go. Just let them kill each other. Let's go. And, and then we get and then we get Vegas where once again we get Punk and Hangman when they fucking yeah. fix you. You too. don't Good. yeah, you get a fourth person in there putting. Maybe it's Wardlow with uh the Punk FTR group. Maybe you know, of course it's Hangman with the Elite group. And you put that just shit. don't just don't bring back a steel. Right. Just don't do that. No, no, no. Leave him far away. Uh, he gets carried away. He didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you put those four and those four in a blood and guts. And let's go. Come let's on. go. Come That's on. all we need. This is, this is this is this is simple. I, I, I'm not rewriting the wheel here. I'm just I'm saying what I'm thinking. But I've been seeing this everywhere. This is not me just like, oh. This is a common thing that people want. This is a common thing. And you say, I will give the fans what they want. I am listening to the fans and I will give them what they want. Give us punk. Give us FTR. And then give us the. (coughs) I guarantee you, if you make this feud happen, Dax and Cash are signing on the dotted line. That's not it. Well, then also, too, like we can finally move on from what is your biggest detriment right now, which is that I don't think they've recovered yet from the brawl. Yeah. I don't think this company has. I feel like they have. Like the ratings and the negative. No, like like physically, like physically and financially, yes. I think like like behind the scenes and with Khan, I don't think they've recovered yet. Yes. Okay. I think this is something that still hangs over them. Yes. And you just need to come back. I don't need them to hug. I don't even need, like I said, they ain't even got to like each other. There have been plenty of people that don't like each other, and then they work together. Let's, that probably makes it a little better. When there's a little real hate in there, oh, yeah, that's delicious. And I like drama. Hey, believe me. <laughs> You're on TNT, and they love drama. I love drama. And now we're on TNT. Yes. They know drama. Why yeah. do we have to have drama? Let's get that drama. Let's get the fighting going. That's my one simple wish. It's like you could not do the other four and just give me that one. Yeah, and I would be like, this is 2023 is my favorite year ever because that's what I want. And I want them to fight. And I want to see the fight. And I want the fight to be good because you have one of the best tag teams in the world in the Young Bucks, the best tag team in the world in FTR. And then you have one of the best wrestlers in the world, CM Punk, with the best wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega. There you go. It's just like, you're not going to have any type of bad matches. And if the three on three, you, you're like, that, it's it's funny because a six man could main event all out. That it could. could main event all out. Absolutely it could. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. We'll, like, we'll see if any of these wishes come true, but that's what we have. Um, if you have your five wishes, uh, tweet it at us, actually. Yes. You tweet us at ATLEPod of what your five wishes 
to Mr. Tony Khan is for 2023 AEW. We would love to see those. Um, but I think that'll do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for joining with us on this episode for the final episode of Dynamite of of uh, of uh, we'll have New Year Smash uh, uh, tonight when you guys hear this. But then also thank you for listening to the final episode of All Things Elite for 2022. Thank you for joining with us. We really appreciate it. Um, please continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also leave a rating and a review to let us know how we are doing. But we are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex, are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumwitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Again, I hope you guys had a great holiday. I hope you guys have an amazing new year. Here's to 2023. Off to Floyd. He can take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. Dude. This 2022 been amazing, you know. Like, you know, like amazing. You know, like Austin is literally on TV for a living. <laughs> you know, it was like it's cool. Where you came from, you know, like to where you were at the beginning of the year, where you're at now. You know, all the stuff that we've done, uh, I think I can fair to say for both of us that we have had a very blessed 2022. So I wish you to same if you did not have a great 2022. I'm hoping 2023 <laughs> is amazing for you. Uh, I am, uh, you know, I am just looking forward to talking about AEW for another year and hopefully talking about the hottest feud in wrestling history or whatever. Uh, it's just, yeah, I just love it. I love having Austin on with me. I love when Dave and uh, Jr. can step in every now and then. And I'm we're gonna I'm gonna try to do better at getting you know other people from Social Suplex on the show to give their ideas because you know I know me and Rich see the world differently and me and James see the world differently. So you know they could bring a little spice to the show and then you know Austin quarterbacking as he does so well. But I I thank Austin. I thank every one of you that takes a moment a second. Any time of your day, listen to the show. Even if you never listen and you just like and retweet it every week or, or you share it on your Facebook page, we appreciate you doing whatever we can, you know, just so people can listen to our show. This is, we don't have a Patreon. We don't have anything like that. We're just two guys that like talking about AEW wrestling. And I hope that you can support that. And, but yes, I do sincerely wish everybody a happy new year and hope you had a very good holidays. And with that, I will leave you like I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be a leader.